This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking through the sixth, the sixth biggest nutrition mistakes you're making. Now, the reality is you're listening to this podcast likely because you haven't been able to achieve the body composition that you want. And really, if you're a listener of the show, again, it's very likely that you've already ruled out not working hard enough as the issue. Because let's be real, you work your ass off in the gym and really consistency and effort there aren't the problem. I say this because I know my audience very well. I know people that apply for online coaching with me very well, and it's almost always the same story. You're working your ass off in the gym, you train very intensely, you're consistent as hell, but you're still not seeing the body composition results you want. Now, if this sounds like you, the gap between where your body is at and where you want it to be can be bridged by fixing a few simple nutrition mistakes that you're undoubtedly making. So, If you're ready to learn the nutritional keys to building your best body composition ever, let's go ahead and dive into it. All right, first and most common nutrition mistake I see is under eating carbs. So like we've already talked about, you train hard. And I work with many online clients coming from the exact same situation as you. Many start coaching following a higher intensity modality of training, for example, CrossFit, and they're just working their asses off, but the results aren't reflected in the mirror. Now, again, the most common mistake these new clients are making is under eating carbs. Now, the paleo diet really rode CrossFit's wave of popularity and kind of became the go-to nutrition approach for many CrossFitters, along with many non-CrossFitters, but health-seeking slash hard-training individuals. And look, I don't have anything against the paleo diet at all. Eating mostly whole foods is smart, but the problem is the paleo diet is usually one that's relatively low in carbs. Now, to understand why this is a problem, you need to gain a quick understanding of your energy systems. So basically... Our energy production comes from three predominant systems within our body. First, we have the anaerobic alactic system, which has the highest power output, but a very short duration, typically about 10 to 15 seconds. The first 10 to 15 seconds of intense exercise is where this energy system taps out. This is fueled by creatine phosphate. So from there, after that first 10 to 15 seconds of intense exercise, our body runs out of creatine phosphate. Then we switch over to the anaerobic lactic system, which has a high power output and a moderate duration, typically about 40 seconds of intense activity is where this really starts to fall off. This is fueled by carbs. From that point, then our body switches over to the aerobic system as the primary way of producing energy. Now, the aerobic system has the lowest power output, but the longest duration. The aerobic system is also very adaptable with what fuels it uses. So it can be fueled by carbs, fats, or even proteins in a pinch, although not ideal. So if you listen closely to this breakdown of energy systems, you'll realize that the energy system that creates the the um, energy for the majority of intense activities. So let's say about 15 to 60 seconds is fueled by carbs. 
Now, if your goal is to build your leanest, strongest body composition, a good amount of your training will be fueled by the anaerobic lactic system, the one that's fueled by carbs. Because this is really like, if we're talking about this functional bodybuilding or this functional aesthetics style of training where we're progressing the functional compound movements, but we're also working in these different bodybuilding modalities, different, even like stealing things like EMOMs, for example, um, from CrossFit and training them like a bodybuilder. If we're implementing modalities like this, the reality is a lot of your sets are going to fall in that 30 to 60 second range, that range that is fueled by the anaerobic lactic system. So a lower carb approach means that this energy system will essentially be quote unquote short on fuel. Your ability to train intensely will suffer. And as a result, you'll continue to struggle achieving the levels of performance and adding the lean muscle needed for the physique you want. And this is a common mistake made by both women and men. And it's exactly why most of my online clients undergoing the body recomposition process are typically following a higher carb approach. Not only are carbs your body's preferred fuel source for training, but they also aid your recovery and ability to build more lean muscle. See, carbs also stimulate the release of the hormone insulin in your body. Now, insulin has an inverse relationship with cortisol, aka the stress hormone, meaning that as insulin increases, cortisol decreases. Now, cortisol is a catabolic hormone. Its primary role is breaking things down for energy. Now, while cortisol isn't bad, per se, like all things is very context dependent, spending too much time in a catabolic state will of course hinder your ability to build lean muscle. So due to the insulin and cortisol relationship, adding more carbs to your diet can help get your body out of a catabolic state and recovering better and quicker. All right, mistake number two that you're making is overeating fat. Now to clear up any confusion that could arise from this, you absolutely need some fat for health. Most of us should be chasing at least 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight of fat daily. So none of this is to demonize fat at all. But here's the problem. With the popularity of paleo, once again, came a fixation on making sure you get plenty of healthy fats in your diet. But many of us have forgotten that even even healthy fats still contain calories. And no matter how clean and or full of healthy fats your diet is, you still have to control calories to lose fat. If you're eating clean but still struggling to lose weight, you're probably still making this same mistake that I've made in the past, which is forgetting the importance of overall calories. So while keeping fat in your diet is essential for your health, it's important to understand that eating lots of fat-dense foods will rack up your calories quickly as fat is the most calorie-dense macro. So often, I'll bring on new online clients that are, again, very much health-seeking individuals. Oftentimes, they're newer coaches themselves, um, and are very much focused on like this holistic approach. I'm going to eat a lot of fats. I'm going to eat, eat again like this relatively paleo-ish approach. But they're also eating lots of things like grass-fed butter, natural nut butter, almonds, olive oil, um, fattier grass-fed meats, um, <laughs> grass-fed pasture-raised, preservative-free bacon, for example. And again, there's nothing at all wrong with these foods. They are a great source of healthy fats. But healthy fats are not, you still have to control calories to get lean. So often the mistake people in this situation make is thinking, okay, I'm eating a ton of very healthy foods. These are great for me. So I'm kind of going to like overlook the fact that they also contain X amount of calories. 
Mistake number three, you are neglecting nutrient timing. So nutrient timing is something that's been looked down upon in the fitness industry as unimportant. And look, it's straight up not as important for changing your body composition as your overall macros and calories. But how you time your nutrients does have a big impact on your training performance and recovery. So over the course of a few months, a lot of shitty workouts plus suboptimal recovery versus a lot of well-fueled workouts plus optimal recovery can account for a big difference in your body composition. So for online clients that I work with, like you, who already have macros, calories, and food quality on lock, here are my recommendations. First, for protein timing across the day. Now, it's true, again, that calories are the primary driver of weight loss or weight gain. But for optimal lean muscle growth, you need to consider muscle protein synthesis, or MPS. Muscle protein synthesis is basically the process of your body turning dietary protein into actual lean muscle. Now, consuming protein with the most optimal amount being uh, typically 25 to 50 grams, we want to be sure we get at least 2.5 grams of leucine, um, but that's like something you don't have to nerd out, about, nerd out about too much. I typically tell people 25 to 50 grams um, to hit the leucine threshold, which basically this increases muscle protein synthesis for three to six hours. So to maximally stimulate muscle protein synthesis through your day, it's most optimal optimal to spread your protein and meals across four to six meals with 25 to 50 grams of protein at each. And on a side note to that, just to take it back to the leucine comment one more time, um, a good thing to look for like in a whey protein is a relatively high amount of leucine. Again, leucine is a key amino acid to stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So if you're getting a protein powder that, okay, it's high on protein, but it's super low on leucine, the actual bioavailability of it isn't going to be as good. Basically, your body's not going to make as much use of it. Um, <laughs> a super random sidebar there, but hopefully that's helpful. Okay, next we have your pre-workout meal. Oh, and one other thing I want to say here, I'm talking about spreading it across four to six meals. This isn't as important as your overall calories, protein, or macros. So if stressing about stuff like this causes you to, and I would say like three to four meals, honestly, is fine here. I don't have, I don't think any clients to eat six meals. Most of my clients seem to feel best on four meals or three big or three meals and a larger snack. And I know for me personally, I feel best with four meals. So I think there's no need to go past that point. But, and again, realize that like overall adherence, overall calories, protein, macros are much more important than this. Again, this is the last five to 10% that we would optimize in like someone that wanted to achieve body recomposition and needed to have everything dialed in because that is a very delicate process. All right. So next we have the pre-workout meal. So what you eat pre-workout is key for kickstarting the recovery process and does help you fuel your body a bit through intense training. So to prevent as much muscle protein breakdown, which is the opposite process of muscle protein synthesis. So basically your muscle protein is being broken down um, as possible and really create optimal circumstances for recovery or growth and growth. I should say you should consume 25 to 50 grams of protein in this pre-workout meal. If you really don't have the option to eat a pre-workout meal, so for example, you train super early, I'd recommend at least drinking a protein shake beforehand. This will di digest very quickly 
and shouldn't give you any issues. So you shouldn't feel super sluggish going into the training as opposed to if you ate like a big ass bowl of oatmeal and a bunch of eggs pre-training and immediately hit the gym. So if you have time to allow the meal to digest pre-workout, so let's say an hour or more, adding another 25 to 50 grams of carbs to the mix is smart. A mix of carbs from starch and fruit gives you a combo of faster and slower releasing carbs to fuel you through the workout. Now, we want to avoid too much fat in this meal because it will slow digestion and have you feeling sluggish during your training. So a solid pre-workout meal could look something like this. We have Greek yogurt, which is a slow digesting protein. Let's say 25 grams of protein from there. We have whey protein, which is a fast digesting protein. Again, 25 grams. We have oatmeal, which is going to be a starchier carb, and some type of berry, which is going to be a carb from fruit. So basically here we have a slower digesting and a faster digesting protein source and a slower digesting and a faster digesting carb source. So you basically have this immediate energy and then more sustained energy. Now typically you'll feel best eating this one to two hours before you work out. I like to split the difference here personally and go with one and a half hours pre-workout. Eating this meal too close to your workout will have you lifting with food still digesting in your belly, which will really make you feel sluggish. But if we're too far away from our training session, often blood sugar levels won't be where we want them to be. And again, you'll feel a bit sluggish. So, um, oh, and one more note, as far as talking about if you don't have much time for a pre-workout meal, so again, if you work out first thing in the morning, again, for my clients that are chasing body recomposition, because remember, this isn't the most important thing. This is very much geared towards if you want to optimize everything within your training, we'll do something like, okay, 25 to 50 grams of protein from a protein shake. And then you can mix in, let's say 25 to 40 grams of carbs via, let's say you drop some dextrose into your protein shake. Both of those are very, very fast digesting, but there your glycogen stores are going to be topped off which does create a more anabolic environment for muscle growth and then post-workout as far as protein we're going to aim to eat another 25 to 50 grams of protein within an hour post-workout as you will have had or it will have been about three hours from your previous bolus of protein at this point now with carbs insulin sensitivity is highest post-workout so basically your body will most efficiently use carbs for muscle building purposes at this time so it makes sense to time lots of fast digesting carbs post-workout for example white rice or spotted banana so here this is the meal where it makes sense for us to avoid like a super fibrous carb option because it will digest quite a bit slower and really, this is the most important time to consume carbs as a whole as far as timing goes. So if your carbs are limited on a diet, putting most of them here is smart. And this is for like my clients that are, let's say, getting ready for photo shoots. We want to do everything possible to maintain as much muscle as possible or continue to build. Okay, we're going to put the majority of your carbs in this post-workout meal because that's when it makes the most sense. And like we talked about before, um... This also really helps keep us out. This carb spike post-workout helps decrease cortisol and get us out of that catabolic state. And similar to the pre-workout meal, it is smart to keep fat low here because again, fat will essentially slow your body's ability to digest all these nutrients you just took in. Next, we have the pre-bed meal. Now, sleep is a crucial part of your body actually being able to build muscle 
and burn fat. So eating too close to bed can potentially slightly disrupt your sleep quality, but we also want your body to have some protein available through the night. And there does seem to be some research that shows that protein intake actually doesn't disturb sleep. Super interesting stuff. Um, So I would say 30 to 60 minutes before bed, another 25 to 50 grams of protein is a smart choice. So to wrap all this up simply, once you have calories, macros, and food quality on point, you can focus on making the meals around your workout high protein, high carb, and low fat. The meals further away from your workout are still high protein, but unless you have a lot of carbs to work with, they're going to be a bit higher fat and they'll likely be lower carb. All right, mistake number four, you're focusing too much on specific foods and not enough on calories or macros. Now look, you only need to check one box in order to lose fat, which is you must be eating fewer calories than you're burning. So while calories aren't the only thing that matter, if you're eating more calories than you burn in a day, you won't be able to lose fat. And the biggest mistake most people who can't achieve a great body composition are making is focusing on eating all the quote unquote right foods associated with a specific diet, going hard on supplements, etc., but forgetting to account for how many calories you're eating. Now, am I saying the calories are all that matter? Not at all. Consume adequate protein, fats, and carbs, aka the macros. That's a vital part of building a great body. And food quality is important for obtaining the nutrients that you need for both health and for controlling your appetite. That said, if you're only focusing on quote unquote eating on or excuse me, healthy foods, but forgetting to account for your calories and macros, you'll struggle to achieve the body you want because you won't lose fat. And again, so many new online clients start that have been struggling with this mistake in the past. And truly all of this is geared towards like, especially clients that I've brought on in the last couple months, where it's just a few simple things. Like they're already working so hard at eating clean. They're already working so hard at training hard. And I'm not, by saying that, I'm not saying you need to eat clean to get results, but they're already working so hard in the gym. They're already working so hard with their diet, but it's just like an approach, like eat clean, where it's just like, okay, if we just take this and restructure it a little bit, you're already putting in so much effort with more structure, with more guidance here, you can absolutely crush it. And it is dope to see what clients like that, that already have such high work ethic when they're actually doing the right things with your training and nutrition how quickly you can change your body composition. All right, mistake number five, you're not leaving room for flexibility in your diet. So on the initial strategy call with new online clients, I have a conversation almost weekly that goes something like this. So the client will say, or the prospective client will say, yeah, I've been trying to follow whatever diet. It works great for me. Every time I follow it, I lose 20 pounds. So of course I'll ask, okay, so what makes you fall off? Why do you stop following it? And the client will typically say, uh, it's hard to sustain. So I normally start to miss whatever food. I start to miss carbs, um, whatever food the diet doesn't allow. So I fall off the wagon um, before eventually restarting the diet a couple months down the road after I've gained back the weight. <laughs> and I love to ask in this situation, okay, so does this diet really work for you or is it just failing you over and over? And normally that kind of creates a light bulb moment for people. Now, look, I'm definitely not part of this crowd that thinks any form of pushing yourself, being disciplined, or creating restrictions for yourself is bad. There's the whole like anti-diet culture, for example. Um, but the reality is 
diets that put too many foods, quote unquote, off limits are impossible for most of us to stick to long term. Now, don't get it twisted. The reality of the society we live in is it's way too easy to overeat. There's a reason why you don't see thousands of people walking around with lean, strong bodies every day. Most of the highly processed foods we eat are designed to be hyper palatable. They're literally engineered to make us crave more. Now, if you pair this with the fact that most highly processed foods are also very calorie dense and low on nutrients, you have a combination that makes staying lean quite a challenge. So this is why I suggest that my online clients make 80 to 90% of their foods whole foods. So in simplest terms, 80 to 90% of your foods should have either grown from the earth or had a face at one point. These foods are packed with nutrients that will make your body feel amazing and they'll aid your training performance and recovery. They'll also keep you full much longer than their highly processed counterparts. Essentially, eating 80 to 90% of whole foods of your diet from whole foods, excuse me, makes building and maintaining a lean, strong body much easier. Really, I believe that people make dieting a lot harder by choosing foods that do very little to fight hunger. My online clients focus on choosing more satiating, high volume foods, and it makes a big difference for getting and staying lean. But with the other 10 to 20% of your food intake, it's smart to work in some quote unquote unflex or flexible foods. So as long as you're eating mostly whole foods, you won't have a problem with insane cravings or constant overeating. Your fat loss will come much easier and you'll feel great. So this means you can use an if it fits your macros or IIFYM approach the other 10 to 20% of your diet without hurting your results or your health. So 10 to 20% if it fits your macros means that you can use these calories and macros to eat and drink whatever you want. Beer, ice cream, chips, queso, wine, seriously, whatever. As long as you still make these foods work in your calorie and macro goals, your health or your results won't be affected. And really, this is a big part of what I do within nutrition coaching to help online clients create a sustainable lifestyle for the first time ever instead of temporary results. Really, one of the coolest things ever is helping you as a client realize that you can still enjoy the foods you want and maintain a great body composition. Now, if you want to learn more about a lifestyle-focused a lifestyle focused approach to nutrition, I highly recommend you check out my free ebook, The Lifestyle Diet. Link to that is in the show notes. All right, final mistake. Mistake number six, you don't have anyone holding you accountable to your nutrition. All right, so... Let's dive into a story, a personal story. So just a few years ago, I was a fat personal trainer straight up. Despite countless hours in the gym, I still didn't even look like I worked out. Now, like I mentioned, I was already a personal trainer at this point, and I absolutely felt like a fraud. How could I expect my programs to get my clients good results? I couldn't even get myself in shape. Now, the reasons behind me not looking the part were multifaceted. But the main cause was that I was inconsistent with my nutrition. My macros would be on point Sunday through Thursday, but Friday and Saturday, I would cut loose a bit, or we could say I would cut loose a lot. I wouldn't track my drinks or most of the food I ate on Friday and Saturdays. And this had me in a very frustrating place. I felt like I was dieting all week, but was never able to get as lean as I wanted. And this frustration is actually what led me to hiring my first nutrition coach because I was ready to learn the quote unquote secret to getting lean. Now, to my surprise, my nutrition coach 
prescribed me nearly the exact macro targets that I had set in my fitness pal before we started working together. Now, obviously, I was skeptical, but I actually started losing fat rapidly over the next few weeks, and it ended up getting an amazing shape for a photo shoot. Now, the difference here was he held me accountable to planning ahead and tracking all of my food daily. Plus, I'm really the type of person that hates letting my coach down. So knowing that I would have to drop my macros into an accountability tracker daily made me 100 times more adherent to the plan. Again, this is the catalyst. This was the catalyst for getting ready for a photo shoot, getting in the best shape of my life. Um, If you look at the cover of this podcast, that is one of the pictures from this photo shoot that I did. But before this, again, when I I was the quote unquote fat personal trainer, when people were emailing the gym saying I didn't look like it worked out, I had already been training for years and I had a solid understanding of nutrition. But like most of you listening to this, I love wine. I love street tacos. I love pizza. And don't get it twisted. I still consume all of the above. But having a coach forced me to take responsibility for planning ahead and making these things work with my nutrition. Having a coach forced me to consistently take action on the things I already knew I should be doing, and I completely transformed my body as a result. And really, since then, I always have a coach to structure my training and nutrition because I know I thrive with the constant accountability. Now, since this time, I have coached a long list of other coaches and very advanced trainees since. And every time, the same lesson rings true. Whether you're a coach or someone that just loves training, Most of us know what we should be doing to get the results we want, but we're missing the accountability and structure needed to make it happen. Now, if you're ready to get more structured, more consistent, and finally achieve your best body composition ever, click the link in the show notes to apply for online coaching with me. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in.